0: I don't know if you've seen, um, I mean, there's plenty of sci-fi movies where this happens, but where where somebody puts on an exoskeleton, you know, a big, (laughs) clunky uh, thing in the shape of a person, like a big robot, and it amplifies their strength, Iron Man. Now, to me, all Labour is is an exoskeleton for working class people. We put it on, it, it like amplifies our power ten times, but it's clunky. You wouldn't want to, you know, um, do your nails with it. But <laughs> <laughs> no. all the tides of history are flowing in our direction. We are not beaten. We represent the future. forged in the white heat of this to the be no place for
2: I've seen more press coverage since we've been active on the subject of black involvement in, in Labour politics, politics than I've ever seen. Of a Labour Council, a Labour Council People don't know what the Labour Party is
0: about at all. A new daughter's broken, If anyone says that politics can't make a difference, then look at what we have achieved together.
2: People feel that change is coming. Ed Miliband has a dream. He wants to revive
1: Labour as a mass membership party. I want to use your talents, whoever you supported.
2: Ed Miliband has stepped down as Labour Party leader. The announcement comes after a devastating night for the party.
1: Jeremy Corbyn, 251 Come with us on that journey. The Labour Party is too broad a church at the moment.
2: You'll be inspired. There are people who disagree with me for reasons that they say are to do say, with Iraq. You'll be occupied. But actually, are to do with the fact that I won three elections for the Labour
0: Party and they didn't like it. But above all, you'll be part of it.
2: Hello and welcome to A Beginner's Guide to the Labour Party. My name is Holly Rigby, I'm a secondary school English teacher in Elephant and Castle, and I just joined the Labour Party last year following Jeremy Corbyn's election, having never been in a political party before. I'm a beginner at all of this, and if you are to keep listening. To help me understand how the Labour Party works, each month I'll be putting my questions to a panel of experts and challenging them to break down the jargon. In this episode, the big question I'm asking is, what should Labour members do now? I'm joined by my regular guest, the academic and commentator, Jeremy Gilbert. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, And for this episode, we're fortunate to be joined by the journalist, author and broadcaster Paul Mason. Hello, Paul. Good to see you. So um, lots of stuff has been happening since our last episode. It's almost hard to keep track of. Jeremy was re-elected as Labour leader for the second time in 12 months. The government is putting us on some kind of path to Brexit, but we're not really sure what that looks like yet. The debate around the role of momentum has intensified. And obviously, most recently, the United States has elected Donald Trump and On top of all of this, the likelihood of an early general election has dramatically increased in the UK. So given how overwhelming politics can feel at the moment, and given that if I look around um, the people that I live with, that I work with, the people that I'm talking to, lots of people are starting to ask themselves the questions, what should we be doing now? Um, And this particular episode is thinking about what can Labour members be doing right now? So um, to start with the basics... Um, What actually is the purpose of members in the Labour Party? Um, Jeremy, if you want to start us off.
1: Well, that depends who you ask. I mean, there are are at least two very different understandings of what the purpose of members are. And I would say the understanding, uh, which is dominant on the right of the party, is that the purpose of members is largely to support the work of the Parliamentary Party, to campaign for their MPs uh, in elections, um, largely to make sure that the MPs' work is made somewhat easier Uh, By being supported by kind of supportive, uh, some would say relatively compliant local party structure, and on the left, the kind of idea, you know, the kind of dominant idea is that the party is the the members are the party. That the 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 um, membership, the role of the membership is both to campaign, you know, in communities locally and nationally for the election of Labour representatives, but also to um, to be the source of ideas which inform policy, and in to some, and even uh, arguably, some of us would say, to help generate debates around the nature of political
0: strategy based on their understanding
1: of local conditions.
2: Okay, and Paul, what would you say is the purpose of the Labour Party well, members? I
0: work back from from the from what Nye Bevan said. No, Bevan was a uh, you know Labour politician in the 30s and 40s uh, who was on the left. And he, despite being a very radical trade union member and leader, said parliamentary democracy is like a sharp sword at the neck of the ruling class. Now, the condition for that is that you have a Labour Party in Parliament and it can be an effective opposition, leave aside being a government, even to be in an effective opposition, and that that Labour Party is not in control of the ruling class. Uh, But the problem is, for, I would argue, for, you know, 15-odd years, more, the Labour Party has been run by representatives of the ruling class, and that's why parliamentary democracy hasn't been working. Now, we have already achieved something, which is to put Labour back you know, under the leadership of somebody who stands for ordinary working class people, but the structures are still mainly uh, not only under the control of the people who liked war, torture and rendition and cuts and privatisation, but act- but in many places, councillors who are enacting these very things. In my ward, a lot of the big cheeses are councillors. Now, the members need- don't need to get wound up and het up over Labour. It's not everything in our lives. We have many other struggles that we carry on. But I think the point about Labour members is they just need to be there for those monthly meetings to change the politics of the party and then change the way we act when we try and win elections.
2: So you both touched on a number of different things. Um, I think the traditional idea that I had of uh, what a Labour Party member would do is canvassing, is going out door knocking um, for council elections, for um, the general elections. And um, I think that, I mean, there might be a general election coming up, but let's say there isn't one, you know, until 2018 when the new councillors are brought in. Um, What should... Labour Party people be doing kind of locally in their community on the kind of campaigns that you were talking about, uh, given that canvassing might not be relevant this particular moment?
1: Well, that really depends on the local conditions. I don't think, I mean, I can't det- I can't really tell people these are the kind of campaigns you should be engaged in. I would say that there are a number of issues, which I think the Labour Party and Labour Party members should be being seen to take an, a, a lead on, which do really matter to people and which are u- pretty much universal. And those are issues such as uh, the academisation, which is a form of privatisation of schools, uh, which has never been a very popular policy. Which has been one, which has been implemented by indeed Labour councillors in many places. Which you know, kind of began with the Labour Party in government adopting the idea, partly from the Tories, partly from the Charter School movement in the states. Well, that is something that people, I think, Labour Party must be seen. Labour Party members must be seen to be campaigning on and we're, and we're missing a trick if we don't because it's not popular. And similarly, uh, the NHS. You know, it's so it sounds so obvious. It's almost embarrassing to say it, but you know nobody ever voted for or thought they were voting for the privatisation of the NHS like Thatcher didn't dare touch it really you know they did a bit of a few kind of reform reforms of internal structures and it's it's not very popular but it is a, it is a real wedge issue. I mean, the, the difficulty for us, of course, is that you know the the greatest advocates for NHS privatisation, I would say, have been not the Tories but the Blairite right of the Labour Party. And
2: so it sounds like you're talking some of the big, quite big national questions. Well, they all here, have local. And...
1: They all have local. Yeah. Forms. I think oh, there's no. The point. I mean, part of the point is there's no. There is no just. Whole set, there's no button you press in Whitehall to privatize hospitals.
2: No, and that sounds like it's linking to what you were saying about winning the debates and winning the ideas within the parties, within the sort of branches, so that those things can happen at a national level. Is right. that kind of what you were talking yeah. about? I,
0: I don't know if you've seen, um, I mean, it's, there's plenty of sci fi movies where this happens, but where, where somebody puts on an exoskeleton, you know, a big <laughs> clunky uh, yeah. p- thing in the shape of a person, like a big robot. Yeah. And what is it? It, it, it amplifies Iron Man. all. Yeah, it amplifies yeah. their strength. It's happens in alien the first alien movie she puts the exoskeleton on now to me all labor is is an exoskeleton for working class people we put it on it it like amplifies our power 10 times but it's clunky you wouldn't want to you know um, do your nails with it (laughs) no no, okay But you asked about canvassing right i think many of our new members won't have done canvassing in a general election we might be in a general election may so let's talk it through Mm. What you're trying to do is find out who in your local area is going to vote Labour or is convincible to be voting Labour. Why is that important? Because on election day you have a list of them, and then you go, have they voted? Remember, in the recent, apparently a lot of people who are now rioting in Portland against Portland, Oregon, USA, against Trump didn't vote. Mm. So we have to go out and get people. Remember as well, young people for Ed Miliband didn't vote. Uh, we have to go and get them out on the day. To do that, you need to, you know, there's no point knocking on the Tories' doors. They'll do that. So we have to go out and find people who are going to vote for us. To do that, you need to establish a formal relationship with them. So you go on the doorstep, you ask them, and then you, you find out what, what they want you to do. And that is ultimately what is about. My criticism of the way it's been done, not just under Blair but under Ed Miliband, is that what happened is that... that there was this very effective machine, and you'll find out it's called the Labour doorstep. You get organized, you get given some leaflets, you go. It's traditionally it's not traditional to argue with people. So let's we'll cover that maybe in a minute. But what it is traditional to do is listen to them. Mm. And I think the problem is that we weren't listening. Mm. Uh, or we were deciding to listen only to bits of things that they that we wanted to hear. So but you if you're a new Labour member, I would say you should go and try your hand at it. It's quite a humbling experience because you can get told to F off for the most um, inconsequential of reasons. You know, their bins weren't collected yesterday, you know, Mm -hmm. and F off, you know. So get used to that.
2: Yeah, and I think that um, this listening process is something that I think that lots of people are interested in now. Given the shock of Brexit, I think that there's been a sudden feeling that actually we need to be listening more than what we're than what we're saying. Um, m- my thing is that let's say I knock on the door of somebody's house and they say my bins haven't been collected, or you know I've, I voted against Brexit, or whatever it is they might say, and we say okay, we're listening, but as a kind of at a branch level or a local level, can you actually do anything for them, with them, to address those things? Or And if you can't, then how are you feeding that, that back to something bigger that can actually do something to address them?
0: You can't expect the labour structures to do effectively what you might call what a mass socialist party would do. I mean, European-style socialist party. It's just not going to do that. I've sat in Greece with people where the entire you know men go men alone go into big coffee shops in greece called Neons. Mm. you know hundreds of men sitting around and there'll be a pro left coffee
2: yeah.
0: store you, it, we don't have this uh, you see so, so we have to we, we we haven't got these deep social uh, institutions. mechanism institutions yeah. can't expect labor to to suddenly you know make them appear so for me and what my, for my friends and colleagues I know inside the party across Britain, what they're doing is that, you know, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of somebody I know who volunteers in the food bank. Uh, she doesn't go, I'm in the food bank and I'm, st- I'm labour. But the next time they see her, she is labour, in fact. And so it's about just getting deeply involved in your own area. So
2: this is exactly something that I wanted to talk about because... Um, Owen Jones has been saying this every time I've heard him speak recently, you know, get out in your community, organise your food bank, build that trust and that relationship with your community. So, you know, the only time they see you is not during election time, which I think is often the criticism now politicians, isn't it? We only ever see you when you want something. So there's that building of trust if you went to a food bank, you work, you worked in your old people's home, whatever it is. But is there a role to be played around organising those institutions, making them kind of the leftist institutions that you're talking about that we don't actually have currently. Is that a possibility? Is that worthwhile doing?
1: Well, I think ideally it would be. um, I'd sort of agree with Paul. I don't think we've really got the scale of capacity yet required to do that on any significant scale. I mean, I would say you 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 need a membership of millions to do that kind of thing in a population the size of ours. I mean, we've got half a million, which is the best we've had for a long time. So I tend to agree that that... I tend to agree that that is not really, um, except I'm sure there will be localised exceptions where people, there's an opportunity and if people see the opportunity, they should take it. But I think that would, I think um, we're not yet at a level where you can probably do things like that very effectively. I mean, and to be honest, I think that is the problem with a lot of the kind of prescriptions for a kind of community mobilisation which come from people like Cohen. I mean, they are indeed, exactly as Paul has pointed out, they are prescriptions which would be appropriate to an organisation with five million members. With half a million, it's still not really, we're still not really at this kind of scale where that kind of thing is plausible. Maybe with a million,
0: you start to get there. This This is what is inescapable. The leadership and the membership of Labour are so radical and so opposed to what the elite in this country want to do and have done... That we can only win as an insurgency. That doesn't mean I don't want to overthrow the government. It just means that we will win by being, by inspiring people and and making them think this is a turning point in my life. I must do something. Not oh that 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 guy looks a bit interesting. Um and or her face is nice and she you know she opened the local uh you know the local school fête. So I will vote for her. That's not going to happen because what we're up against is you know. In normal politics, they say, and our members have got to get used to this, normal politics, you know, one of the adages was a politician who, cl- who complains about the media is like a, a, a seafarer who complains about the sea. But that's not true anymore. It, the, the media is no longer the sea for us, it's the enemy. It's the uh, it's the opposing navy. And to overcome it, we're just going to have to inspire people. And so, you know, everything I'm doing at the moment is, is thinking about how, I personally connect with five other other people to make them realise they can take control of the situation, and Labour's part of that.
2: So it sounds, um, just to pick up on some of um, the things you've been saying, that... um, in some senses, it might sound like a bit of a contradiction. because, on the one hand, it's it sounds like this kind of radical insurgency kind of um, which has suggestions of a battle that we're taking on. And then on the other hand, you've got this kind of in, inspiring message that, you know, you want to uh, make people feel hopeful and things like that. How... Are those two things going to work together? Because I kind of feel that I'm much more on the side of wanting to get that hope, in, you know, back in communities and things, and not so much for the battle. Is that? I don't know how realistic that is. A member's going to have to, a member to support Corbyn, particularly, going to have to get used to the fact that it's going to be a battle, essentially.
1: I mean, I, I, I think with any form of politics, there's no getting away from the fact that you need to work on both of those axes. To me, there's no getting away from the fact that you always have to do two things at the same time. You both have to give people hope, you have to present a positive message, you have to be as inclusive as possible, you have to bring communities together, but you also have to name an enemy. You also, if you're going to do any kind of radical politics, at the same time, you have to be able to say, look, this is why things are not working. These are the people who are benefiting from things not working for you. Uh, And I think, I mean, Paul and I were talking about this just earlier, and I think... um, I think we do have a real problem with a large section of the kind of pro-Corbyn membership of the party, including a lot of the new members, that so they are very attracted by this kind of non-confrontational style of Jeremy's, and this very positive and inclusive message. The trouble is to, to a lot of the, the broader public, it doesn't really sound that, that different from what any other politicians are saying, and it doesn't answer the question which they want answered, which is who is screwing me, and, why, and what, what is someone going to do about it? And the trouble is Farage is giving them an answer to that question. Farage is saying, who's screwing you? It's Europe and the immigrants, and we're going to do, and this is what we're going to do about it. So... I think we do have to do both. We have to do both of those things.
2: But but Corbyn is presenting those that kind of way of doing politics. His you know his whole thing is about the kind of face of politics. And yes, like as radicals, like as people who know that you we have an understanding of history, of kind of um, analysis and things like that. We know that we have to be angry. But you know when I went to my um, branch meeting, um, which is like the Brunswick Park branch meeting, um, the introduction to the meeting was fantastic. The guy was said, mm. you know, we are all here in the Labour Party. We are aware that we all have you know very different um, views and we will have this debates in in the um, branch meeting and then we will go to the pub afterwards. Jeremy Corbyn is explicitly saying this is about kinder politics, mm. you know, straight talking politics, and so surely we had to work together on some things. Now, now, now that Corbyn's been re-elected, actually, it's about trying to work together on some of these things and unify on the things that unify us.
0: I mean, make no mistake that you know the the hardline Blairite people who have assembled, you know, tens of thousands of pounds, or do, or more more undercover organisations uh, announced last summer than, than 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 one can keep track of, will try to overthrow Corbyn. However, you know, they're people, they're, I look at them, and they're people with whom I, as a Labour and Trade Union member, have gone through the struggle against the Tories for 20 years. So they are our comrades. And we just you just have to get your head around the fact that, that not only do we as individual people have to come up with our own strategy about what is it I want to do? Do I want to stand on the, the local constituency Labour Party, the so-called general committee, or not? Do I want to do my trade union work as a, as a journalist? You just have to choose one thing that you want to do and try and make yourself effective and educate yourself, learn from other people, commit some time. I think is that's what would be my my, my advice to people. and. And Ultimately, you know, Donald Trump's election. I mean, we don't want to talk about big world politics, but Donald Trump's election will be frightening the, 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 the heck out of people. Or, you know, mm. and next time you knock on a door, if, if you, you know, rather than say I'm here from the Corbyn Labour Party, it's look, I'm here to stop this Trump happening here.
2: Yeah,
0: um, that is what I would say. I would start from how do I skill myself up pluck up the courage get the arguments so i can look people on the face on the doorstep and say this matters to you
2: hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news Given that um, this kind of Blairite wing does have a lot of um, control of those institutions and they put a lot of energy into making sure their people are there, is that what we should be doing? Um, Should we be trying to get as many people into elected positions as possible? As a new member, should I be saying, you know, I need to work my way up through some kind of Labour hierarchy so that eventually I have some kind of power over the debate that I don't have as, you know, your day-to-day member?
1: Well, I would say... That is half of what the kind of the left... I'm speaking as a member of the left in the party now and as a sort of momentum member. That is half of what we have to do. And we do need people doing that. Although, uh, you know, my kind of impression anecdotally is we've got more people doing that locally across the country than we have doing the other half of what we need to do.
0: The other other half what we need
1: to do is to build an outward-facing and attractive and dynamic culture of political education, of debate, which can link into the kind of community campaigning we were talking about earlier.
2: And what might that look like? Because um, I, in my first ever um, branch meeting, I was uh, elected as the political education officer of the Brunswick Park branch. And, And you're saying, you know, do campaigns, but what what could that actually practically look like? Should I go out and organise like a debate in my local community? Is, yeah. is it a film night? Is it...
0: Yeah, all of what, that. What yeah. Is, yeah, all, all f- of all that. Your part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that stuff. But yeah. you don't... Look, I think you don't have to do that as Labour. Um, And this is the thing I would say, this is not just kind of a new thing. Back in the 80s, when in the Ben movement, you know, Labour was, I keep coming back to that image of the exoskeleton. Mm. Put it on when you need to do something big, clunky and hard and then take it off and be yourself in almost everything else you do. Because that's the only way, if you go, knock, knock, knock. Hello, Mr. X, Um, I'm from Labour. Well, what about my bins? What about my closed library? Oh, well, I don't support that. Yeah, What are you doing about it? Well, actually, I occupied it last week. Um, who has? Not mm-hmm. Labour. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. there's, we, you, you, there's more to oppositional class and, 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 and network politics in Britain than Labour. And I say that as somebody who is totally focused right now on building the party as an alliance, getting it into power. We'll get it into power because it feels right for millions of people. It's the right time and they trust us.
2: So occupying libraries, that's that's kind of, is this part of the kind of like social movement My, building? I live in Lambeth
0: like you. I live in, in South East London. Uh, and and uh, so people without asking us occupied the libraries when when the Labour Council tried to close them down. Now, you know, Labor, don't think that these Labour councillors are kind of aghast at that. They know that's going to happen. That, they know they're implementing Tory cuts. Many of them don't want to do it, but they have to sign up to do it. But as well, it's not just councils. It's, it's, I think many of us in the next, let's say this, in the next six months are going to have to get on a train or a coach and go to places we don't live. Because a lot of party members in London, a lot of party members in big cities like Bristol, they need to get out to the Forest of Dean. We need to get out to Essex and we need to be listening. But, you know, when I've done this, in the past, you choose a place you almost twin with somewhere, so it's your face that gets recognised. And remember, you know, if you go out to uh, Isle of Thanet, yes, there's a lot of people who are originally from the Isle of Thanet. Yes, also there's a lot of people who are originally from London. Everybody's a, a, a migrant in this sense, so don't be worrying about oh, I'm not from round it. Yeah, if you walk into a pit village in 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 in, in South Yorkshire and you, you've got your accent or my <laughs> or mine, you know, they'll tell. Yeah, yeah. But then you've got labor, you've got the badge on it. Mm. And labor is their lifeline. And that, it, even if they don't agree it's their lifeline, They're open to an argument that it's their lifeline, especially the only other lifeline being offered to them is Donald Trump, uh, Nigel Farage, Mm. and hatred.
2: Mm. And so so it sounds like that you would do the same process of canvassing in these other regions, and I think that that sounds sensible because my my concern is that how effective can I be in Campbell and Peckham, which has been a strong Labour seat for the last 25 years? You know, canvassing and listening and, and feeding that back in is really important, but there must be other areas that would need that kind of on the you know yeah, the tradi- people the- knocking on the doors than than where i am and 100 you know a fifth of labour party members are from london actually we know that we need to win elsewhere if we're going to do anything is that kind of what you know labour party members should be thinking actually i'm going to have to get on a coach well, at the, the, the The
1: tradition as paul says is for constituencies to twin i mean it was we did call it twinning so i think um uh, yeah i think paul's right yeah i think that is going to have to happen i mean that will have to be coordinated nationally to some extent I think Paul, I mean, Paul raised something, you know, sort of implicitly interesting to me as well, because, you know, in the 90s, I was kind of, you know, casually involved in things like Reclaim the Streets, but I was also a Labour Party member. In those days, I was always having this argument with other sort of, you know, direct action people who couldn't believe I was in the Labour Party. It was like it it was a violation of your identity as a kind of proper activist. And I used to say, well, I don't you know, I'm doing this action now, but I'd rather have a Labour government than a Tory government. So they're not not a contradiction. It seems to me the implication of what Paul's saying is the same still applies, really, now that we've got a wave of people from the left coming into the Labour Party. Being being in the Labour Party doesn't have to define your entire political identity. In fact, it's probably more politically useful if it doesn't.
2: If there are people who say, okay, you know, listen, I've never been involved in a social movement. Um, I know that that's important, as well as being in the Labour Party. Is Momentum the thing to join as well?
0: Well... I'm a, I joined Momentum. I'm not a big joiner. Um, and, and, and I actually don't agree with, uh, with, because I don't agree with Corbyn on one big thing, which is Trident. I'm pro Trident. Uh, but I've joined Momentum because it's become clear to me, first of all, let's think long term. I think this might be a shock to people. There are people in the Labour Party who would happily walk into Labour HQ, say, Corbyn is no longer a member of the party, take us to court. Yeah, there are people. Believe me, there are people.
2: Who are these people?
0: They are people on the right of the party. Yeah, uh, that's what I think they would have liked to do during the whole court, whole election. It, we might lose that, we, especially if it happens. Say, 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 there's a hung parliament. Um, there'll be another attempt to overthrow Corbyn. Um, you know, we could. For me, it's really important that left wing people in 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 the Labour Party get together, and I would like, I think Momentum's got 20,000 members. I'd like to see it, you know, five times bigger than that. Suppose you have an MP, I'm not in favour of mass deselections, but some of these MPs really need to just move on and, and be replaced by people who are interested in fighting for working-class people. They right now are set are making sure that in their constituencies all kinds of little puppet union branches are being set up. Why? Because union branches can affiliate to your local Labour Party. Did you know that? Well, great. That's good. But those union branches then have a voting power to block the reselection of the MP because you need a majority of the branches. So you're happily sitting there saying in your constituency, maybe there's 10 ward branches, eight ward branches. One day you think that, you know, we could think of examples, Labour MPs who voted for Brexit. Uh, who are against the wishes of all their constituents? But I, I, you know, um, so
2: basically, you're sort of arguing that um, there's going to be people constantly organising against yeah, Corbyn, absolutely. and so, therefore so, momentum so, so, has to yeah. play the role of organising yeah. for him. Yeah,
0: but I th- I think that that, le- that ultimately, if we can if we can ride that out, it is Labour, not momentum, that needs to become more like a social movement. Um,
2: so, what's the role of momentum then? If 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 that needs to happen. Is it a distraction it's what, it's, to be building another organisation no, at a time I mean, when we need right. one organisation instead
0: of that. two? I was worried about that, but I'm absolutely convinced it's not a distraction. Because you know, look, uh, what what momentum needs to be is a network uh, that decides to do one thing at one time. I mean, it needs to sort of overcome its internal differences. Some of the people around it, I think, need to just realise that you know everything they say is being listened to and to and to you know, to moderate what they say. But I think that really. Um, it has to, you know, we, we could say, right, what is the one thing we want to get through the next conference? Plan it now. The Blairites are planning right now what they want to get through oh. the next conference. But above all, my, like, if you've got a to-do list, the number one thing on your to-do list <laughs> should be, how many people have I spoken to who are not in the party? How many people have I tried to have a kind of hopeful conversation with? And then way, way down below is, when's my AGM of my annual general meeting mm. of my branch? And then, who's the momentum people I should be talking to to make sure that we don't lose all the votes?
2: Should we be trying to sign people up to become Labour Party members? Is that is, is recruitment like part of what we should be doing as well? I,
0: I think I think we should, but I also think that we shouldn't make that a, a big thing. I mean, it's clearly
1: the case that the Labour left needs an organisational vehicle. You know, both the Blairite and the old right have their organisational vehicle. The soft left doesn't exist anymore um so it's clearly i mean for us not to have one would, be, would just be mental and it, i mean and and it is um you know we've got one and it's yeah it's momentum so i think it's important to understand that momentum is not a social movement i keep saying this is a political it is a political movement and there's a difference the point being made by the momentum leadership the point that paul's just made is that look right now look it, we're in a very fragile position like where the right could just completely exclude the left from the labor party and they are trying to find ways of doing it so we do need to organised not to do that. I also think that there is a general misunderstanding of the situation. The Momentum has been a great success. It's the most successful new, new left-wing organisation in Britain since the 70s. But of the 400,000 people who joined the party to support Jeremy Corbyn, only 20,000 of them have joined Momentum. And getting people to join the party, of course. like Again, again I think we've got half a million people. My own calculation would be uh, we need to, to do the kind of work that everyone, including people on the left, thinks the Labour Party needs to be doing to do that work of taking on the the media in the communities, my my rough estimate is we need at least a million members. We need at least a million members because we need at least 100,000 mobilised activists.
2: So in terms of um, how people should be spending their time, um, Paul, you mentioned it's not about going to four meetings um, in a week. Um But should people be going to those momentum meetings um, to have those conversations and to their AGMs? Or is this like so far down the list that actually it's, as you said, the last thing that we should be doing and actually we should be doing other things instead?
0: You must go to your AGM. It'll probably be this month or next month. And you must know who the momentum people are or the pro-Corbyn people. And also, you, mu- you know, you must have an idea of who the, who's good on the other side because it's, we are an alliance. I don't want, you know, to take over my own ward. And, I, I, you know, I want us to, to have a, a respectful kind of alliance of the right and left. So you must go, you must vote. But after that, you've got to think, what do I want to do? And yet, it's not just time. We need money. Because momentum could have all kinds of media interventions, it could have all kinds of single issue campaigns, but what it would need is, and the American unions and the Bernie Sanders movement know all about this, the first thing they say to you is, we need money. And I think what I would say to anybody who happens to be listening to this who has (laughs) any, (laughs)
2: think
0: think about what it can do. It can look at what we did with the World Transformed, which was a kind of initiative within momentum by just a group of people who wanted to put it on. It was a fantastic conference. It had a massive impact into everybody from the other side who saw it. That took a lot of money to do, mm. and um, oh, no, they're looking for money now. Please yeah. give generously to the World Transformed Crowdfunding because what it can do is it can release a young person from having to just do drudgery into doing full time activism, and that full time activist can be on doorsteps that you don't want to be on doorsteps.
2: So this was um, leading into the question that I was going to ask because um, already we talked about. Um, occupying libraries um, going to your food bank canvassing going out of the weekend canvassing in the Isle of Thanet um, joining Momentum maybe joining your trade union that's quite a lot of things to be doing and you know I went to the London Labour Regional Conference um, on Saturday and they had an event about um, how to be a counsellor to kind of give you some advice about how to do it and you know the people on the panel said well you know I spend about four evenings a week doing it I have um, luckily I have flexible working hours and so I can do this and you know this woman put hand up from Dagenham and she was like, I'm a single mother, um, I I work, there is no way that I'm going to be able to do that. So are working class people going to be actually excluded from some of these things that we're talking about by the very nature of the fact that it's hugely time consuming, just from my own personal, let's say I'm a secondary school teacher, you know, any teachers listening, that you know, would say that you don't have a huge amount of extra time on your hands apart from like during school holidays. So you know, what, what What does that look like or feel like? How much can you put in? Um, because we also don't want to be burning people out.
1: Well, I think this is, this is a question that can only be answered and an issue that can only be addressed collectively. Like no individual on their own can resolve that question. I mm. think groups of people working together, whether it's just groups of friends, whether it's campaigning activists, whether it's people in momentum groups, whether it's people in a local party, have to have these conversations
0: with each other about the distribution of roles, the distribution of tasks see this is not just a problem that uh, that new political activists have old political activists have it as well during the 1930s when Polish Jews were were very very highly organized working-class left-wing people their leaders used to say to them you are too worried about everybody else in the world there's a famous speech one of the one of the leaders said you worry too much about the American blacks and not enough about the Polish Jews because, of course, they all got massacred. And and it's a hard thing to, to, to hear, but in a way, it's, it's almost what I want to say to some of the activists I've grown up around. You worry a lot about everywhere else. Worry about here, because we are going to go, hard Brexit, economic catastrophe. If you think it's bad, if you think UKIP's a threat now, it's not a massive threat to Labour in most places, but it will be if the economy go down, goes down the tubes and if, you know... Uh, Labour gets taken back over by the Blairites or there's another civil war inside Labour. It will be. So So worry about your own place. And then, and then I'd say, do one little thing, well, not a little thing, one thing that's really important to you, close to you, and then every so often do one big thing that's really important to everybody else, not three things and three things. I think that's the disease of the networked activist is we go, oh, yeah, you know, climate change. Oh, yeah, Gaza. Oh, yeah, um, there's a strike here, but support it And I think we've got to learn that the Sanders movement is is unbelievably uh, focused on one thing everywhere. Um, and what and is
2: that one thing that they focused on that made it so successful?
0: Well, it's when coming round to the election and there's a year-long election process in the U- USA, it's the election. Um, but when it's not, it's things like, you know the occupy movement in america had this one massive success in wisconsin in 20 in 2010 2011 when everybody occupied the state capital the state you know government thing and and that was unions it was young people and it and i mean famously you know people from egypt sent them pizza over the internet <laughs> and all this it was so big yeah. but uh, yeah and then and yeah what did they what it became of that well five six years later some of it is Black Lives Matter. Mm. And, and, and I, at my hunch is that the Black Lives Matter people who are spending all this time educating themselves, going out into very poor communities, organising people, um, engaging with people who've been in prison, maybe some people who've got literacy issues, do you think that they are going off to do activism around Gaza, climate change? I, I don't think they are. They're doing activism around the thing that's as serious as their life. It's the thing that is life and death to them. And what I want to convince my fellow you know, UK Labour people is that it's life and death for us to stop the right.
2: I understand that fully um, but it's interesting that you've touched on um, Brexit and Trump just to bring this to to what I'd imagine lots of people are thinking about at the moment because obviously many people myself included are horrified by Trump's um, election Um, whichever side of the Brexit debate you are on I think that um, the rise in in racism and the ideas of the populist right that presumably um, some people are going to say actually the fight that we have that's really important now is is an anti-fascist fight is a kind of um, anti-racist one Um, do you think that that is the case because I'm sure there's many people sitting around thinking that that might be the most important thing at the moment um, given what's happening
1: yes I think that's right um, historically when you are fighting fascism a successful, there is no historical example of a historical struggle against fascism being led by the centre being led by the liberals, they cannot do it history has shown time and again they cannot do it, essentially the fight Paul has just described and that we've been talking about the mechanics of at different levels is a fight for leadership of a broad coalition which includes the working class, the post-industrial working class, the urban and metropolitan layers, and indeed the liberal people and middle-class people of good intent around the country. Like, we are in a fight for the leadership of that, but the reason it is important that we win that is indeed primarily so that we can defeat, you know, insurgent fascism.
0: I don't think Trump's a fascist. Uh, There are fascists who support him. I, I don't think Farage is a fascist, but I think that the movement that Aaron Banks, his millionaire sponsor, wants to create would feel a little bit like a sort of, um one, uh, there's a million people voted for the BMP among those four million who vote for UKIP okay now it's almost like uh, a cultural war like you've had in the United States now for 20 years it's now come everywhere it's come to Europe. there's economic stagnation who you're going to blame there's wage stagnation who you're going to blame if you're not going to blame migrants and foreigners and the outside world, you then have to say, well it is companies. It is business, it is banks, but these are real people. And the, the the struggle that was had in the 1930s, you know, when you say the liberals can't lead the fight, you're right, but I think we are, we now live in a very liberalized world, you know. So we've got natural allies everywhere, but we've got to convince them the situation's serious. And then we, the other thing we've got to say is, yes, we've spent summer fighting each other, but... Let's find what we can unite around. We in the Labour Party have to show a a kind of a sense of self-sacrifice and say, we're not demanding you agree with us when when we unite against the right. We're just demanding that we all do one thing at the same time.
2: So there's many different things that um, we've talked about so far. And um, I think that it sounds like, For most members, it's going to be a process of um, listening both to other people in this country, listening to long term activists who've been around for a long time, listening to momentum people and trying to work their own path through um, the many, many different things that could be done in this country right now, given um, the situation that we're in. from my perspective, I'm definitely going to go away and reflect on some of these <laughs> um, because I'm not sure I to do all of them at the same time. But um, thank you so much for um, your insights into that. And I think it'll be interesting to see um, which bits um, we kind of take up. Have you got any final thoughts, um, little final inspiration for uh, any listeners, any new members to end on a hopeful note? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can it be used to do a hopeful note?
2: Yeah, it can like, be do a hopeful As I note. have said before
1: in this little series of ours, it's going to be hard. If you, don't, if you don't want it to be hard, if you want it to be easy, if you want it all to be fun and inspiring and stimulating and never tedious, then just go play some video games mm. and wait for the world to end. It yeah, is, so it's about having
2: a bit of grit yeah, as well nothing, as... Nothing yeah. is going
1: to alter the
0: fact that this stuff is quite tough and is, it does involve work. Yeah, I mean, I would also say learn how to inspire people um it's not some people are naturally inspiring other people have to learn it our job is to learn to inspire people um you know in in the times in the 20th century when things were really tough what 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 history shows is that one person with a little bit of political education and a little bit of connection to other people maybe they've only just read some left-wing news sites or whatever who know what's happening and they go oh, heck, this, this, what's happening here is just like what's just happened over there and I didn't like that. And now I can tell people, that's you. Um, one person like that is worth 20 people who haven't got a clue what's going on.
2: I find that incredibly exciting, that organic leadership that inevitably is um, hopefully going to appear and emerge um, through all these different activities that we're doing. Um, so watch this space for our inspiring figures of the future with grit and determination as well <laughs> to take on... Um, the battle for the soul of the Labour Party and for the country by the sounds of it Um, so thank you very much um, Paul and Jeremy Jeremy and I will be back next month Um, in the meantime you can subscribe for free on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice to get our next episode on your phone as soon as it's out just search for A Beginner's Guide to the Labour Party if you want to help the podcast and help other people discover the show please leave us a rating on iTunes my name is Holly Rigby thanks for listening and we will see you next time